Hello, I'm Natalie Alexander, and you're listening to The Next Page, the podcast of the United Nations Library, Geneva. This is our first episode of the Multilateralism 100 stream. We're about to learn what Multilateralism 100 means, as today I talked to two of our colleagues in the library about the centenary of multilateralism in Geneva. Stefan Vukotic, the chief of the Archives Management Unit, and Pierre-Etienne Bourneuf, a scientific advisor here at the library, share why and what we're marking in this centenary. We also discuss their thoughts on multilateralism itself and its changing role, so let's find out. Enjoy. Stefan and Pierre-Etienne, thank you for joining today. Thank you for having us, Natalie. Glad to be here. Now, this conversation is part of our hashtag multilateralism 100 stream. It's the first one, so we're beginning with a bit of multilateralism 101. First to you, Stefan. This year marks the beginning of the centenary of multilateralism in Geneva. Can you tell us more? What does it mean? So 100 years after its establishment, the United Nations and the broader 21st century multilateral system continue to develop based on the League's foundation. And the testimony to the legacies of the League uh, are kept here at the UN Library uh, Geneva, specifically at the archives that I manage. So considering this important milestone and the recent establishment of the International Day of Multilateralism and Diplomacy for Peace, which is the 24th of April, uh, the UN Geneva, with partners such as uh, permanent missions, international organizations and Geneva partners, uh, is organizing a series of activities to celebrate 100 years of multilateralism and its evolution in various areas from the time of the League to the present day and the 2030 agenda. Okay, so do you have any examples of what's happening in, in the next two years as part of the centenary? So yeah, loads. Actually, the, the duration of activities is from 24th April this year to actually 15th November 2020. Uh, so the milestones are obvious. The International Day of Multilateralism and Diplomacy for Peace is the start date. And then the end date for, is the 100th anniversary of the first assembly of the League that took place in Geneva. So some of the key activities that we will have uh, are going to be uh, a big exhibition that we will launch in October uh, here at the UN Museum Geneva. It's going to be called 100 Years of Multilateralism, and it's going to look at the evolution of multilateralism in, in, in all of these areas. Then we have uh, a series of library talks that are covering uh, various topics such as the international civil service, the environmental protection, human rights, gender equality, and so forth. And we'll have a number of, of publications that will, uh, that will go hand in hand and celebrations that will take place all over Geneva. Okay, great. And the exhibition is going to be here in the museum where we're recording this this episode. Can the public come and view the exhibition as part of the celebrations? Yes, absolutely. So the, the exhibition will be open to the public and um, we will provide all updates and all the events that are coming up on the dedicated website that we have for this purpose. It's called multilateralism100.unog.ch and that's 100 as a number, not with letters. Okay, great. So if you're in Geneva, please pass by for the exhibition in October. Pierre Tien, you are a scientific advisor here in the library, and you have quite a bit of experience and knowledge in the history of international relations. So I wanted to ask you about multilateralism itself. Do we have a definition for multilateralism? Is there one we're using for the centenary? This is a very good question, because it's very complicated to uh, define multilateralism. Basically, today we can say that there are two approaches. Uh, the first is a quantity-based uh, definition, uh, which defines multilateralism as a form of uh, cooperation among three or more states. 
However, this is well, this is obviously the simplest uh, definition. However, this definition actually is not totally accepted today uh, because there is another approach that insists on uh, the qualitative uh, dimension of materialism. And for this quality-based uh, definition, or better, according to this uh, quality-based uh, uh, definition, uh, materialism is not just a matter of numbers, but it's um, actually based on a cooperation uh, that is is funded on collective norms, collective rules, and shared values. So what are these values, all these principles on which is based materialism? Well, that's consultation. That's obviously cooperation, solidarity, inclusivity. And you need to take into consideration also that materialism evolved during in the last century. So this makes it even more complicated to give a very precise definition of it. If I may just intervene quickly, so uh, I, I fully agree with what Pierre-Tien has said, and I would just like to say that both examples of the League and the UN testify to this. Both the, the quantity and the quality definition uh, are important here. So the membership of both the League and the UN uh, is in part based on the on those who wanted to to join the organizations to have these shared values and to be and it was uh, it was a condition for them to be invited to to sit at the table this is this is one of the essential uh parts of multilateralism for all stakeholders to accept each other uh, on equal footing and this shows also why the league of nations should be considered a turning point regarding the evolution of multilateralism because the covenants of the league uh, contain uh, these shared principles. Uh, for the first time, the, there was an international treaty that really contained these principles. Uh, so, as a matter of fact, solidarity again, inclusivity, consultation. And today, obviously, uh, my, the, the, the principles are, you can find them in the UN Charter. Uh, you need to understand that um, the, it's a turning point because for the first time, multilateralism, even if the term didn't exist at that time, was institutionalized. It means that um, for the first time, all the member states could come here in Geneva and um, meet and all of them had the same right, for instance, during the assembly, to take the floor and to give their opinion on great international events or the great international issues. And this is revolutionary because before the League of Nations, uh, only great powers had the right to give their opinion. And obviously, a small power didn't have the same um, um, in terms of the rights, in terms of amount of time uh, or um, capacity uh, to um, exactly to influence debate, international debate. And this is actually something we forget. Where today we, we forgot that uh, that this is the reason why the League of Nations is the starting point of our centenary. Very interesting. Okay, so in the centenary, we're highlighting Geneva. Besides the fact that the League of Nations was born in Geneva, what is the meaning behind Geneva in, in this centenary? So Geneva has a central role in the century of multilateralism. So in addition to it being the birthplace of the League, it was not uh, selected to be that uh, by accident. So Geneva has had uh, a fairly long tradition of being a place uh, where people had met to discuss peace and other aspects of, uh, of cooperation. And it has already been a seat of the ICRC. And um, whereas other cities were, were debated as potential seats of the League, various of these reasons from Geneva's 
past, such as the fact that it was part of a neutral country, which was uh, hoped to help uh, states collaborate better, being on on uh, on the territory of a, of a neutral country. And uh, so, f- for for these various reasons, Geneva was selected to be the and the seat of the league. Uh, and this proved a very good thing because over time, many other organizations uh, established uh, its seats uh, here. So that today Geneva is uh, is one of the most important hubs of international cooperation. Uh, and uh, it, has, um, it has representations of almost all member states of the UN. It has offices of uh, virtually all uh, agencies of the UN, hundreds of NGOs, and and an innumerable number of uh, of representations of the private sector, all of whom come to Geneva uh, because it's a hub of multilateralism to participate in this uh, in this uh, grand work that's uh, that's done here, and as. Our director general likes to say anything that happens in a 24-hour period on the planet is uh, touched in one way or another by the decisions being made in Geneva. So you both work in the archives and I see you both uh, diving into your work and finding or unearthing some very interesting finds almost every day. Do you have any examples or stories of multilateralism from our archives here? Well, we probably have um, many stories, and it's very it's very dangerous to ask this question. <laughs> um, um, the I think, the, and I don't have an anecdote. Maybe I have a really good story um, that I found uh, that was related um, by a French journalist called Geneviève Tabuy, uh, that actually relates about this story of Aristide Briand, that was the French uh, foreign minister, that was in front of the lake, very close to his hotel, and was giving actually. Uh, bread uh, to the birds that were swimming in the world. And apparently, uh, when um, when he started to launch uh, these, to throw, sorry, these uh, uh, bread to the birds, a very big swan came and started to eat all the whole bread. And apparently the ducks, uh, and chasing obviously the ducks that were around him, and apparently the ducks actually started to cooperate to fight against these pigs, one, and they managed to um, have uh, bread. Uh, despite the fact that feeding ducks today is forbidden, and I will say that actually it's a very interesting story because at this point, uh, Beyond said, oh, um, you see, uh, this is the spirit of international cooperation. If we cooperate, uh, we can defeat, you know, uh, these states that try to impose uh, their will to the others. And this is actually fascinating because collective security, um, that is a principle that is in the in the charter that was also included in the covenant, is based on this principle of solidarity. And I will say also that uh, this is a very important lesson for us today. It shows also the fragility of multilateralism. Why? Well, because um, multilateralism is based on the will of states, obviously. It works only if states support multilateralism. It's not a solution, it's a tool. And actually, the League of Nations failed also because states stopped cooperating with each other. So this story, in my opinion, is even more important today because it it actually gives us a great lesson of uh, the League of Nations. And then another important uh, example to mention is uh, multilateral cooperation in the area of health. So the League's health section, which later grew into the health organization and was the largest part of the League, and uh, or one of the largest part of the League, and later served as the basis to establish the World Health Organization of today, uh, did a lot of work globally to standardize medicine and, and eradicate some uh, uh, some horrible diseases of the period. And just a slight note, Natalie, I am I know that you are aware of this, but it's it's important to clarify for our listeners as well. It's a rare 
case that we actually unearth things in our archives. We have a fairly strong understanding of what we have in the in the collection. It's just that there is so much in there that we are not able to make everything accessible and available to public immediately. So we communicate stuff on a on an ongoing basis basis as we can. However, an important thing to mention, uh, and it's coinciding beautifully with the with the centenary of the establishment of the League of Nations, we have launched a project to digitize the entire League of Nations uh, collection and make it available online for everyone free of charge so that we could have a broader access to this body of knowledge. And this project is called LONTAT, Total Digital Access to the League of Nations Archives. And the dedicated platform to access to this content will be launched soon, we hope by the end of the year or early next year. Very exciting. So not unearthing per se, but rediscovering and sharing. Exactly. Those might be some better words. Maybe I'm going to add something. It's just our archives are even more interesting to explore today because the League of Nations has been, was labeled uh, as a failure. So actually for years, the archives were not open. And an anecdote, uh, considering what uh, Stefan said about health, health, I was surprised to find files about fighting against cancer during the 30s and the use of uh, what we can call today radiotherapy. Uh, x-rays and uh, to uh, cure cancer uh, so it's actually I don't obviously it was a bit it was a surprise for me um, so there are many unexplored uncharted uh, areas in our archives uh, that must today be um, actually discovered rediscovered rediscovered and this is only the beginning of our multilateralism 100 streams so we look forward to many more stories from you both in in further episodes but now 100 years on what about today what are some ways that multilateralism is at work at the united nations where we now serve Multilateralism, even though uh, at the time of the League it was already inclusive and there were many inputs from non-state actors such as NGOs and so forth. So for instance, a lot of feminist organizations were active in lobbying the League and so forth. It was at the time mainly an affair of states. Uh, however, today what the world needs and what the UN is trying to deliver is an inclusive multilateralism, as our Secretary General calls it, uh, which would include uh, various st stakeholders and not just nation states, so uh, civil society, academia, the private sector, and so forth. And the perfect example of this in action is the Sustainable Development Goals, so the SDGs, which are a set of 17 objectives that cover essentially the entirety of, of human life on Earth, and not just human life on Earth. And uh, it's essentially a set of goals for humanity to, to achieve until 2030 to ensure a better world to live in. And uh, actually, our colleagues here in Geneva and elsewhere in the, in the UN system have broken down uh, these 17 uh, goals into nearly 180 actions that anyone can take on a daily basis to contribute to meeting them. So it's essentially a fully inclusive process where anyone uh, uh, on earth can take part in and uh, make our world, a world a better place. Yeah, I will say that uh, the SDGs are a perfect example also to show how multilateralism evolved in the last years. This evolution was certainly horizontal in a sense that uh, obviously most states participated to the multilateral processes in the last years, but also vertical. And as Stefan said, it means that today not only states are involved in the processes of multilateral processes, but also private actors, NGOs, and also academia. 
so it, this is actually a very important evolution. And this is also why multilateralism is complicated to define today. However, with the exhibition, we will try to show how uh, the multilateral work has evolved from the initial steps of the League to the SDG agenda. We will continue to, to highlight the, the centenary and to talk about the issues around this through our archives as well with you in further episodes. Um, but for those who would like to know more for now, they can head to the website. Yes, absolutely. So the website offers information on the upcoming events and also on the ones that have passed. And we are gradually updating it with content such as defining multilateralism, which is, uh, as we have just explained, fairly difficult. But uh, yes, it will uh, it will over time become a very important repository about multilateralism, inc including some learning tools that we are working on. And just to repeat for the listeners, the URL is multilateralism100.unog.ch. I will just add to um, one thing is that um, multilateralism is not complicated. It's fascinating. Uh, just uh, so that's another reason why uh, actually visitors should come here at the uh, museum to visit our exhibition. A very good way to end. Thank you so much. And you can still follow us on our library, Twitter and Facebook pages where we do post a lot under the hashtag multilateralism100 to find out more and to see what work we're doing here at the library. You can follow us on those two on those two platforms at UNOG Library. Thank you both again for joining us and see you soon. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you.